Hello, and welcome to Somniloquy, your monthly podcast about all things creative, pseudoscientific, and a little bit absurd. I'm Janat, your host, and joining me today are Joe and Jonas, and no surprise special guest. Aww. I know. Maybe I could be the surprise special guest. And surprise special jest. (laughs) I am a jest. It's one big jest. Jest. Joe. Do you have any good jokes, Joe? No, am I? No. <laughs> no, I don't. Well, that, that's over completely. <laughs> oh, you, t- you shouldn't have asked that. It's just such an awful <laughs> start to the podcast. Okay, let's uh, get on topic. <laughs> Jenna, what's today's oh, yeah, topic? Oh, yeah, the topic. Let's get, on, let's get on topic so that we can get off yeah, of it. Yeah, immediately. So the topic today is, what makes you creative? It's very broad. So, uh, good luck. Who are you asking? What makes you creative? What makes (laughs) you creative? What makes you creative? Maybe we should. What makes you (laughs) creative? What makes you creative? So, yeah, I was going to ask, are you asking what makes me creative? Or what makes me creative? No, but no, seriously, like, an external thing that causes me to be creative or an internal thing that is why I define myself as creative? Both, but okay. mainly internal. What makes you create? Wait, do you mean what, what makes, makes for a creative create? person, or do you mean? So yeah, uh, I I would call myself creative because I get pleasure from creating things. I don't think it's you know I might not necessarily be good at what I create, but I have the drive to create. Something. But does that is, is someone who is creative isn't isn't that person by definition also like at least decent at creating things? I don't think so. No, I think that I don't think necessarily. No, I I think there are some people who you know are not attracted to that kind of activity as much as others, and I think that would be the metric for level of creativity is how much you want to do it not necessarily how good you are at it because if you want to do something and you do it enough eventually you're gonna get good right, at it yeah that makes sense unless it's telling jokes yeah, <laughs> there's no but um what was i going to say what makes you <laughs> <laughs> no my actually my question was going to be are there actual people who are not creative is that is creativity not inherent to the human brain i think it is in some way in some level but there could be people with very low levels of creativity i'm sure we've all met people who like to stay in the box you know? <laughs> firmly in the box <laughs> yeah that's very true yes. in the bedroom ignore that bit yeah i think well i think that's a wrap to be honest like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> No, actually, the question was what makes so you you define yourself as creative because you enjoy you derive pleasure from being creative or yeah. creating. But what makes you creative? Isn't that, <laughs> isn't that a question of like genetics and? Oh yeah, it's uh, is it nature or nurture? I don't know. Probably so. Let's solve the debate that people have never both. solved in this podcast. Is it nature I or think, nurture? I, th- I know. <laughs> I think it is also tied a lot to empathy and the desire to communicate incommunicable things. Mm. Right, okay. Yeah. 
Is that so? If I, I used to play with Lego a lot when I was a child. I still would if it uh-huh. were acceptable and affordable. Affordable but being there. Being, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not affordable. No, it's not. But if if I just build uh, a car or something out of Lego, is that is first of all is that a creative act, and second of all, is, is am I communicating anything doing that? It is a creative act. <laughs> is it? I'm not sure if you're just following the instructions. No, I'm not following the instructions. The I'm oh. saying I have a big pile okay. of Lego and I'm just from scratch making my own car. Well, that's a good point. I guess, I mean, not everything is... Not com... Is, commu- what did is, you say? Incommunicable? Incommunicable? It's like a disease. <laughs> I don't know. It's like a disease. Uh, who knows if, who what, knows what if that's word? What word did you use to say? Communicable, uh, you said. Incommunicable. <laughs> I, Unable I, I to just, communicate. I just made it up on the fly. <laughs> Like, you know, it, uh, very creative. Well, people think that that art or those sort of things are trying to communicate an emotion or a, an idea or a thought. But, you know, just creating a car out of Legos for fun, that's that's probably a different sort of thing. That's probably some sort of internal satisfaction that you're getting out of that just for yourself. Well, I suppose I did put fun. in some measure of maybe not emotions, but I did put something of myself in it because I made... <laughs> A specific type of car that I made up myself. So there's something of me you in put, it. That's like true. Another yeah. child would have made a different car with the same bricks, maybe. Yeah. You wanted to, uh, or did you make it to show to your friends? Or did you just make oh, it I didn't have any friends. drive it around? No, okay. no, just kidding. I did. But I, <laughs> I made it for myself. Oh my I made it for myself. Um, actually, we used. I used to make one, and then my brother would also make one. And the objective was to make it as sturdy as possible because the game was to ram them against each other as hard as you could and the one that would break down the most the one that would sustain the most damage was the loser so definitely not creative that's destructive but that's oh well you're you're having a competition though so you you have a you're having creative ways to complete your objective of winning by destroying your well but here's another use of creative that you're using because now i'm also thinking of if you say finding creative ways to achieve something yeah yeah you know it's not the same as what we normally associate with being creative i think of an engineer or something trying to (laughs) trying to design a new bridge i know but that's like to the root word of creative which is create obviously yeah just to make just so, yeah, what makes yeah. you make? That's a better way of putting <laughs> it. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> just peering back this question until it's nothing. No, but I mean <laughs> God, I had a friend who was studying civil engineering. That's why I had to think of engineers. And then he was so bad at it, and then they had to use this 3D pro- modeling program to make a bridge. And then what he, he ended up with something that looked like a pistol, like almost wow. exactly like a pistol. I just still, I don't get how he, surely if you make a bridge, you know that it's got to have two ends, like it connects <laughs> two, two banks or whatever, two sides of no. the gap. But he just made a pistol, it looked exactly like a pistol. I'm pretty sure it even had a trigger on it. What on it? <laughs> but is that creative, is the question. It is very creative because it's absurd, but I, that's completely. That's. I feel like we're saying that there's like two sorts of creativity. There's one where it's like functional, kind of creative ways, and then the yeah. other one that's yeah. more like 
being out of the box being yeah because the first one you could call maybe clever or crafty as well craft see this is why people distinguish arts from crafts do they well yeah, it they is do. called arts and crafts yeah yeah <laughs> yeah exactly that's true actually but i think a better question is um how we stimulate our creativity because i'm not sure if we can answer what makes jonas or you or me Jeanette. I mean, Jonas or Jeanette or me. <laughs> Creative. You can't become I don't me. know. It's probably a combination of nature and nurture. Sure. And, you know, <laughs> that's just in us. Great. But what stimulates our creativity is, I think, is a better question. More interesting. That is a very good question. What stimulates your creativity, Joe? Um, I don't... I think it's... You're not creative. I know. <laughs> yeah why am i even on this podcast <laughs> uh what makes me creative well several different things can make me creative wow the um, ego i'm oh, sorry the <laughs> first thing that came to my mind was if i read and some something that inspires me or watch yeah. a movie or listen to music that inspires me so it inspires me to create but i'm not sure if it makes me more creative because i'm not i think i would tend more towards duplicating what i've just experienced instead of making a new thing mm, so i'm not I actually think... sure so it puts me in a mood that makes me feel creative but i'm not actually sure if yeah. it does make me more creative i think response is a creative thing though i think it's what creativity thrives on which is having a stimulus and then producing something according to it it's just way bigger yeah. than a normal fix thing or i'm just describing life but for example if you if you copy a painting is that creative well if you're just trying to copy it i mean i don't know but if you're if you're like i want to do something in that style yeah yeah. sure that's different yeah i think we can agree that that's at least a little bit creative yeah that's true um what else makes me creative if I've if I'm really relaxed or I've meditated or I've been outside on a lovely day, I think feel like that makes me a bit more creative. It makes me, yeah. I think I've gotten to the core of it, which is if if I'm somehow attuned to noticing things better, noticing. Uh, yes. to look past noticing, yeah, noticing to look past the surface. If I'm in in a kind of mood where I can do that, I feel, feel like that makes me creative. And s- noticing is very important right? in this book I read called uh, several short sentences about writing he had a he's had a lot to say about noticing and how you that's a good big part of getting better at writing is just noticing things yeah but was he talk- were they talking about noticing how other writers write or is it noticing things outside in the world just everything all around you. Just everything. So if you're yeah, no, omniscient. Notice, notice how certain things make you feel. Yeah. Notice if something is interesting to you and then looking further into it, trying to find out why it's interesting to you, you know, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, I think that's the key. And I periodically I will be in the right mindset to do that. And I just it keeps astounding me how much there is to notice that I have never seen before. It's even down to noticing buildings that I've somehow always missed on a walk to school that I did for five years, you know, and then yeah. all of a sudden I see a new building that was always there, but I just never noticed it. 
so it's big things and small things true yeah yeah and i remember <laughs> but but is it some doing something with that notice because <clears throat> twitter and facebook is all about and instagram is all about noticing something and capturing it yeah being the first one yeah and then being no and right. then being noticed while doing it as yeah. well of course i, th- I think well, what you mean by doing something with it? I think you have to do something with it, like, internally, like, in your mind, like, notice it and, like, note, note, <laughs> well, yeah, ment- mentally eat it. Like, Digest absorb it. it. Oh, there you go, yes. <laughs> is digest the right word, like though? Because digest is a process where <clears throat> you reduce something to waste. Oh, great. Oh, great. <laughs> so really what we're saying is the outcome of any creative it's endeavor crap. is... Yeah. <laughs> there we go, guys. Ooh. Not true, actually, because by digesting, obviously, you take the nutrients that you need from something. Yeah. And discard the rest. But then most... So half of the outcome... How much of the outcome is good and how much of it is crap? Of digesting things. Yeah. Well, isn't there a saying of, about, like some some percent of writing being crap like 99 so do we all like have diarrhea is that what it is (laughs) oh no i think more of us are constipated than really yeah i think so so we've got a lot of stuff to get out yeah but it doesn't it's not getting out how do we get it out Uh, that's the issue i'm having right now i think no i think a lot of us are constipated without knowing it there's a lot of there's a lot inside us that we could get out if we could only yeah. tap into it yeah. and noticing things in the world also allows you to dig deeper within yourself i think because it affords you new ways in if you know what i mean yeah as in like it's a bit like keyhole um uh, it's more like finding keys i guess uh. so uh God, let me think of an example a door well here's a very simple example if when i first learned about when i first really delved into evolution and evolutionary Mm -hmm. psychology you know that afforded me a new an entirely new way of looking at myself as a human and that's that's quite a big example Mm. quite drastic but there's many smaller ways that you can discover out into the world that you can then apply to yourself so oh i yeah i definitely know what you're talking about like those uh shifts in thinking yeah like oh what not not epiphany, but uh, there's a different one for paradigm so, shift. Yeah, that's the one yeah. I'm looking for. Yeah, but they don't have to be life changing, but they can still change, you know, shift your perspective on how you look at things. And earlier, what you were saying about noticing though and digesting the noticing, like um, you say, you oh, I noticed this thing. What what did you say? Like a brick wall or something on on your way uh, that you never yeah, building, looked at before. Building. An entire building, yeah. And well, if you can notice that building and then notice like, uh, like how even noticing the noticing, like the fact that you had never noticed that that building existed before, how does that feel? Like that's kind of weird. It's very weird. Like something that that sort of never existed before, and now it's just suddenly in your world. But yet it's always been. It's pleasant though. It's a pleasant feeling most of the time. And actually, what you said about noticing that you noticed, maybe that's even more important because that that wakes you up to the fact that there are other things that you've missed. Yeah. And sometimes you need to remind yourself of that as well. It's very easy to slip into 
autopilot and live your life that way. Oh yes. Yeah. I, I certainly. And all happens <laughs> to us repeatedly, I think. Maybe that's why the cliche of like tortured writer exists, where they they don't have a life on autopilot, where they don't have a job that they go to from yeah. nine to five, but they sit at home with a bottle of whatever scotch <laughs> or, or uh, arsenic or something, and then they they sit at home in their patched jacket with a typewriter. Mm. They're they're alternatingly trying to drown away their horrible memories and then preserve them on paper. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's crazy. I have a question for you both because okay. I'm selfish. Yes. So on Monday, I'm meant to be doing a talk on your creative future. This will be so outdated by the time this happens. <laughs> but <laughs> I. So the point of the talk, and I put it somewhere, is that I wanted to encourage people to be more creative. But how do I do that? How would you encourage people you, to be more creative? What would you say? And uh, I, you get them some I drugs. Would say, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one way. <laughs> that's a, I, hard for me. I think what holds a lot of people back from being creative is the fear or maybe even there's evidence of it but the fear that they will not be good at whatever they do yes and i think that to get around that you have to present it as not something they're doing for others but that they're doing for themselves it's like a self-improvement yeah. kind of thing so when you're making that painting you're not doing it to show someone else and have them enjoy it at least not first anyway but it's an exercise in doing something internally for yourself that will make you feel good and improve your well-being and your life and all that kind of stuff. That's good. I think phrasing it that way will get more people mm. to feel better about doing it, even if they know for a fact they're not going to be good at it. Yeah, even... Yeah, and then also just have them try it and then point out the things that did go well. Because there's always something... Mm-hmm. Whenever you make something, yeah. there's always something. And then, you know, again, go goes back to noticing. Just point their attention towards it. Say, well, your story is crap. Yes, true. <laughs> well, don't, maybe don't that. say that. Okay. But this Great. part is actually, there's something in this. You know, there's a little gem in this. People need to, and I mean, I'm speaking from a teaching perspective now, but people, they need to experience some kind of success before they want to continue yeah. on doing it. Yeah. So yeah, right. definitely there some true. needs to be some reward. This is why it's so easy to get addicted to video games because there's it's just a constant stream of reward. So it's very easy to yeah. be motivated to play on hours on end, even though all other things in life are much harder to be motivated for to do hours on end. So we are definitely very simple creatures when you get down to it in terms of yeah. needing reward. This is, by the way, also why drugs work because they <laughs> are artificial rewards. Yeah, that's crazy. I never thought about games in comparison to proper real life, except for, you know, when people tell you, oh my gosh, if you play games or you kill people, you'll be more likely to kill people, which is... <laughs> that's completely disproven in so many games. Yes. Ridiculous. That's another subject. <laughs> that is another subject. But hey, Also, you never hear people talking about, well, if you write a story about killing, then you'll be more likely to kill. I know. <laughs> uh, I think they probably used to Maybe, talk about yeah. that back when, I mean, when, I mean, when books were the, the main... example of this. What, you think Hitler's mom told him, like, stop writing about no, gen- genocide? but he definitely <laughs> wanted to write about it. Anyway, that's not the point. 
<laughs> but I, it's interesting comparing like the benefits of I don't know playing games. Yeah. To, to and applying that to real life because I don't think we do that. Well, we always look at the negatives and think, okay, yeah, this is what we need to avoid. There are there are benefits like there are uh, you know these apps like weight loss apps or exercise apps that use that that gamification as they call it. They try to um, use the addictive effect of video games to uh, make you do something useful and they work sometimes yeah. uh, they should probably get some actual video game developers to work on them <laughs> to make yeah. them more exciting yeah, oh, yeah. they <laughs> only work on the reward system and they don't operate on the fact that the reason or the motive of most people playing games is that they feel something for it which whether that's the aesthetics or the plot line or yeah how or it feels people. Oh, killing people. Well, I'm no. Some video games are. They're literally. There's no game. It's just a little thing telling you you're doing a good job, and people still play it. Like <laughs> what? Uh, there's no. I'm serious. If you haven't heard of these, they're called. Uh, uh, what's the term for them? Idle, idle clicker, or idle. It it started out with the, this game, Cookie Clicker, which I think oh, was I like supposed. This. It was supposed to be like a parody of video games. Right. Yeah. And and people just loved it, and like all you do is you just click and you get a point. That's literally all you do. You click, 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 click. Oh, I got twenty points. But then you use your twenty points to buy a thing that just clicks automatically for you, and then you're just getting points just sitting there doing nothing. And then you use those points to buy something that clicks faster and faster until you're getting more and more and more points. But there's it's nothing. You just get points and then use those points to get points faster. But people play it. See, that just proves that the only thing that matters is getting a reward, rewarding feeling. Yeah. And in this in yeah. this case, it's pro it's very fast progress, which also feels even more rewarding. So I think progress is key as well in in getting people to be yeah creative or to uh, stick to their creative endeavors. Is to you can you have to Jeanette, you have to teach them to be able to see progress, however small it may be. See progress. I'm yeah. typing, which are is you, the noise. Are you making noise? No, <laughs> noise. I'm making noise. <laughs> Very noisy. <Yeah. laughs> okay. Um, See here's... progress. That's true. Noticing <laughs> progress, which I think fits together both of the things. Yeah, both of the things. Which things? <laughs> <laughs> I'm too scared of saying noiting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of notice as in like noticing and that's kind of like the stimulus for creativity yes and then the idea of progress which sustains creativity yes hmm. yeah it is it that's, is all about noticing I, I think yeah that definitely having some kind of reward or something it keeps you it spurs you on to do it again yeah. I, I think I think this is why writing is particularly difficult to stick to because yeah, the rewards are few and far in between a lot of the time. Yeah, or non-existent. And you, know. you have to find some kind of internal reward or you're just going to fail, which is kind of what's happening to me. I've lost that internal reward. I, I don't know how to get it oh, back. Oh no, that's sad. How did, so, you, I haven't written how did you lose it, though? I just... I don't know. It just... I don't you know. Grew up. <laughs> uh, maybe <laughs> I mean I I don't know I just feel like uh, 
writing for myself isn't enough anymore, but I don't want to just try to pander to people to make them like me, so I'm kind of caught in the middle. Well, maybe you should give pandering a try. <laughs> or the opposite, you write things that will rile people up. That as well. That could be a rule, but just stirring the, yeah. you know, the hornet's nest. I know, but we don't want you to become a troll either. Or like, <laughs> no, exactly. Is it pronounced troll? That's the first. I, I always thought it was troll. Yeah. Oh, it's, what? He said troll? I said troll. I don't, I'm not hearing the difference. <laughs> okay. Troll. Troll. Can you hear the difference? So it's like a longer L? No, it's in the O. Jeanette, say it again. <laughs> I can't. I'm not hearing too much. <laughs> Think of the creature that lives underneath the bridge. Just, what is that called? <laughs> um... <laughs> A goblin? Not a goblin. <laughs> troll. Yeah, troll. Troll. So, J- Jonas, you're saying troll as well. What is the other word? Is there another word? Janat said more like, like troll? troll, like the hull of a ship. That's oh, what it sounded tro- like. like like A-W-L. No, yeah, no that's troll. W in it. That's like drawn that's, out. That's, more like that's, U-L-L. That's, U-L-L. U-L-L. I, I think you're hallucinating, <laughs> Joe, but it's okay. <laughs> oh, man. Nobody will wait, believe wait, me. Wait, wait, wait. What were we talking about? Who was trolling who? I, you, I totally we just want you to become one. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. No, I, I just, I feel like uh, my, uh, the things I like to write are the things I like to read, which not very many people like to read, so maybe that's why I'm uh, doomed. Feeling less less motivated, because <laughs> it's kind of boring to write if you can't find anybody to read it. Okay, but this is an interesting scenario because how will you get your internal motivation back? I don't know. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> I haven't counted on that. I know. <laughs> That's why I haven't written this year, pretty much. I don't know. Can you imagine? Do you mean 2019? What's that, Jeanette? I said, can you imagine if Jonas had figured it out and he was just reluctant to do it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, he found it out, but he didn't have the internal motivation to, to, to regain his internal motivation. <laughs> oh, no. That would be such a postmodern problem. I know. <laughs> you just imagine. Uh, can you imagine re- reading a story about that? drag it would be the most awful <laughs> boring thing to read about that's that's what i would read though that's the kind of stuff I like is to it read. actually and i tell you the the book i most i just recently finished reading was uh it, it's called the the passion according to gh by clarice lispector and the entire book takes place as a woman is standing in an empty room having an anxiety attack basically like almost nothing happens the entire book i wow. loved it you should definitely write about not being able to find your internal motivation to find your internal motivation. <laughs> uh, I, I think our tastes differ because I really, I get so tired. Not tired as in fed up, but just actual, actually tired reading stories <laughs> that are about dragging along and sluggishness and not being able to find your way. Because that, that, well, I already I, experienced that I in did. real life. I don't want to read more about it. <laughs> That's a good point. Well, I mean, anything, if you're writing it in a terribly boring way, then it's not going to be fun. <laughs> well, it's sure. That's a truism. 
<laughs> oh, no, I just mean, I think people, when you describe to them these books that are about internal uh, things, they assume it's going to be horribly boring because, I don't know, I guess they can't imagine how to write it in yeah. an interesting way. I think, thinking more about it, I think my real hang-up is just imagining myself trying to write a story like that and make it exciting. That makes me tired because I just feel like I can't, I could never do it. You know, I'm not, because that, I sometimes I am afraid that I'm not observant enough. Mm. Or interesting enough. Or interesting That's enough. what I feel. I guess they go not about you, hands. but. Oh, thank you. Um, You're welcome. I think, well, this, they go hand in hand somewhat, though, don't they? I feel like, I feel like people who are, are very observant are automatically a bit more interesting because they have more new things to say. That's true. But if you've listened to our previous episode where we had Dr. Mikey Goodman, I've always felt particularly envious of the way that you are observant because I don't have the same kind of observational, not skills, but the same kind of, I don't notice the same things that you do. Yeah, but you notice different things that I don't notice. No, but they're not funny. Whereas you find things... (laughs) Do they have to be funny, though? I thought we were talking about interesting. I think what funny is interesting. And also, that's definitely not true, because we, together, you and I, we laugh a lot about the minutiae of life. And, like, 50% yeah. of the time, it's you observing them, I feel. I know, but you find them funny. Mikey doesn't find them funny. Oh, right, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. No, that's true. This is just not about to, jealous friendships. Sorry. Different different senses of humor. That doesn't mean that it, one is better than the other. No, but I, I do want... People, on, sorry. You know how people often, I feel like, the general idea is that people who do a lot of exciting things are more interesting. Like people who do a lot of extreme sports or people who go out a lot or people who just go wild or people who just have some kind of job that's out of the ordinary but i've always not always but recently i felt that those things if when it comes down to it they're just as mundane as anything else they all exist uh, they all exist like yeah. all things that exist in the world i mean if you're interested in that kind of thing then that's someone you would find interesting i'd rather yeah, talk exactly. to someone who sits in their room all day doing nothing because then they probably have more interesting thoughts about about doing nothing uh, about weird things i don't know <laughs> like yeah. someone who goes skiing down a dangerous mountainside is yeah i i don't really want to do that i guess maybe it'd be interesting to know what it feels like to do something i haven't done yeah but, yeah that's a tricky thing I, though Mem- memory is a tricky thing because a lot of the time people seem to be doing things to create a memory of them but then, at least for me, memories fade so quickly that I it hardly seems like when you think back about it, you can hardly recall how it felt. You just know that you felt it at some point. That's what the memory becomes. Yeah. Memory becomes more like a filing system where you pull open a drawer and it goes from A to Z and it's all your memories. And they're all labeled neatly. But when you open the file, there's nothing in it. You just only so, know. You, the only thing you remember is that you had a mem- something happened. You don't know. So do yeah. you think like creativity and having thoughts, new thoughts is um, like way fresher? That's not what I mean. But you know what I mean. 
What, what do you mean, way fresh? I think. <laughs> Wait, fresh. like, is it. People, you do not, people say... don't say fresh anymore. That's like 2000, whatever, three. <laughs> no, I mean literally fresher, as in, like, they're still alive. Having new thoughts is definitely important to being creative. Yeah. Like, you, you, or you get stuck in loops, you get stuck in, like, circles. Yeah. You need to break the circle at some point to be able to come up with new things. And you can do that in many different ways. I guess the e- the most direct way is to force yourself to experience new things, experiences. I And if, at least for me, I always tend to underestimate. So if, the, if it's been a while since I've done anything new, I tend to underestimate how much it can yield. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like if I... I remember one specific time when I was writing my novel, I I could not figure out i don't know what the specifics were but i was trying to figure out uh, how to write some scene or deal with some issue and i i would used to go out to walk around in circles at at my job and think yeah and i just could not figure it out until i noticed that as i was walking around my path my mind was like going down the same avenues that i tried again and again that didn't work and so i switched it up and i walked in some new area i hadn't walked before and like it was instant i could like i was thinking different thoughts i wasn't going down the same paths over and over again like it was it was like really noticeable that's amazing yeah. i think that's yeah. amazing how the brain works in that way it's almost like your brain knows it's in a new environment so it's got to be kicked back into being alert or something like oh shit yeah, you know, yeah. we're out, we're or off the beaten path yeah. now uh, and you just like you you associate things like you're physical body and your brain and your sights are all tied together so if i'm walking the same place looking at the same things it's my brain is like going it's like all connected you know yeah so in order to associate new thoughts with new areas i had to go down a new path you know that a metaphorical path too wow (laughs) but that just goes to show that it doesn't even matter how mundane this new thing is that you're doing you don't need to go skydiving or something to have this kind of effect. You can literally just go into a new street you've never seen before. Yeah. But I feel like if you do something new that's also social, I feel like that's the best way to kickstart new things. Why would you say that? Even talking to a stranger on the train. Well, because it just... If you meet new people, you, you can't... It's impossible to be exactly... To be exactly the same as you always were. It's impossible to be right. thinking the exact same things you always were. You have to adapt to a new person some way. That's true. And then it's not even about them telling you about like aspects of the of your life that you've never heard about before. They could they could le- be leading the exact same life as you are, but still, you know, you need to adapt. So it's about keeping your brain active by doing yeah. new things, whatever it may be. So actually, I think that the stereotype of a writer stuck in his room with a bottle of scenic is would not be very effective because you're not doing anything new. You're just stuck in the in a literally in the same room. Yeah. Do you think that's why modernism is so weird? What do you mean? The whole okay. So in terms of like modernist writers, what they're typically known for is the fact that they're flanners. Flannery, it's walking aimlessly, basically. Yeah. And during that time, obviously, there was 
far more experimental experimental writing while all these men and women were wandering aimlessly could be uh, i don't know could be one way of kickstarting creativity um the other one is war obviously so that's a big one war yeah the war preceded it or the time after war where people live it up because the war is over both Uh. (laughs) it's pre-war and yeah post-war yeah post first world war pre-second world war that was the time for experimental writing yeah no but that's i mean that's not just a result of people walking aimlessly probably is it no no it's not just that but it is aimlessly walking through things that you constantly notice but so all those the time the time that we live in now is that experimental um i don't know it depends who you are that's yeah because on one hand it seems like everything is more mass marketable yeah but on the other hand you know especially the internet has allowed you to find anything even the most niche weird stuff although it doesn't sell it's still out there but yeah you know all the weirdos aren't isolated anymore they can they can gather yeah and then magnify each other's weirdness by encouraging each other. Oh god, this chair is so squeaky. <clears throat> I just realized how odd of a phrase beaten path is. Because we were talking about going off the beaten path. Yeah. It Beat, Beaten. Like, <laughs> even if you go on a beaten path, it's not been beaten by you. Somebody else did it. So it's still new to you. Right. What's, <laughs> yeah, that's, what's even the use? That's a very good point. And like all over the entire human history, we've been walking the same fucking beaten paths all over again. Everybody has to. No, that's yeah. all we do. Everybody has to grow up and figure out what the naughty bits are for, and what love is, and how to raise a child, and how to, you know, retire while remaining retaining your dignity. All these things. Everybody's well. Maybe yeah. retiring was not such a big thing, you know, in, you know, in older times, but. I don't know. Of course, society changes, but all most of the things are actually still the same. And all yeah. every one of us is figuring it out all over again. And we refuse yeah. to be told by anyone older than us how it works. And then you get older yourself. You're like, <laughs> oh shit, yeah, that's exactly how it works. They were saying yeah. they were saying it all along. <laughs> that's so true. So yeah, we are all on beaten paths. Not, there's not many people who are on unbeaten I'm paths. On unbeaten path yeah <clears throat> non but the thing non-beaten. is have you seen many beaten paths because i find that they're always well, they're always very good shortcuts that's what it is the, yeah it's, i guess it, it seems to me that the definition of a path is that it is beaten i mean yeah if I suppose it, that's if <laughs> there, otherwise there just wouldn't be a path there you know thanks jonas there would just be a brick wall <laughs> <laughs> yeah. or it would just be you know bushes and trees yeah. and then you walk through it enough yeah. and it beats it down and creates yeah. So. yeah. But it's also like understanding where best to like see something from. Because I was saying about the beaten path. I saw one the other day. Wow, I saw a path. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> <clears throat> With my sisters. And it was kind of like very, very steep. But it was like the best shortcut to get from one side of 
the town to the other. And it's like, well, it makes sense Eight. for that to be there. And then understanding that if you wanted to, I don't know, explore, it would be better doing it from the beaten path and looking at what's closer to you rather than trying to just delve right into a different area where you'll just get stung by nettles. Eight. Right. Did you say eight nettles? <laughs> no, stung by nettles. Not specifically eight. How on <laughs> earth did I hear the word eight, Ben? What, what did you say? By eight, uh, no. <laughs> a nettle. No, I just said stung by nettles. No, you definitely said a word that sounded like eight in between. Yeah, I don't know about that, Joe. Well, <laughs> I think you're hallucinating sounds again. <laughs> Editing will show. We'll prove, <laughs> we'll prove everything. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna hear we're gonna listen back and hear that. Uh, like a, the uh, Siri voice say eight right, I know. right there <laughs> inserted it in. Not Siri, Microsoft Sam. <laughs> oh yeah, but uh, um. I, I definitely I, I said I said that because I appreciated the humor in, in saying like specifically eight nettles. Because <laughs> then the question becomes: Is it eight separate nettle plants, or is it eight leaves, or even eight little sprigs? Yeah. Oh, no, definitely eight plants, because... I, why am I going along with this? This is insane. <laughs> what are we talking about? I mean, it's a good idea to look from the beaten path, because at least you won't get, like, hit along along the way. Whereas right. if you, like, take another path, where there are nettles, obviously, you just end up getting stung a million times. Okay, so let's, but, not, let's make this concrete, then. What, what do you mean by getting hurt? If in the context of writing. Making the path concrete. Well, no. So if let's say you're writing and then I am. you take the unbeaten path and then you get hurt. What does that mean? What do you mean by getting hurt? It's, it means you make a right mess of things. Like, and then you have, it's very tempting to just write kind of stream of consciousness um, without a plot, without yeah. set characters, without anything. And yeah. then just being like, okay, this'll do. And then you have to go back and be like, I don't even understand what I'm saying. No one else is going to understand what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, so then you have to go back exactly. and prune everything excessively because there are plants in your way, like just wilderness. <laughs> you just know? brick wall. Yeah, brick wall, but worse than a brick wall, wilderness. And you have to like <laughs> treat each plant individually because some of them will die from just snipping the top off and some of them will just keep growing and there haven't been enough feet there to beat it just so, two of them just your just feet. two just yours yeah ima- actually ima- i'm not imagining this in a real life scenario where <laughs> let's say two people are going let's say janet you and i are going to a forest and yeah. then we're at the entrance of the forest and like it's quite a dense forest. Let's say it's a jungle. Yeah. yeah. And I'm I'm just like, well, I'll, I'm just gonna take the path that's like right here. There's a sign yeah. saying take this path. And you're like, no, fuck that. And like one meter to the side, you just run yeah. into the dense jungle. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you do that? That's a good question. It's such a struggle. And the thing is, it's fun to kind of like explore little moments of just like, oh, that looks cool. Yeah. Let's look at those plants for a bit and then kind of veer off and then come back. But it's no fun just being trapped there while other people are just 
making walk, huge amounts yeah, of making progress. their way exactly making their way through the forest and you've got you always, yeah you've got Sorry. to wonder at some point why most of the books that have been successful in the past or are somehow well known are at least partly just walking a beacon path yeah right? they all are true. it's like the thing yeah. with cliches is that usually they're cliches for a reason yeah it's understanding that thing about like it's not about the destination it's about the journey but you have to make your journey easy enough that you can withstand it and that you'll actually get to the end like if you have the energy to spend that much time in the jungle cool do it yeah but if you're trying to get to some kind of outcome that makes sense and doesn't require you to like explain it endlessly yeah yeah then Take the be- it's, this, it's okay to take the beaten path when you're doing creative stuff. It's okay to be cliche for a while. Yeah. And it's okay to digest things and then just produce absolute beep. <laughs> <laughs> you can swear. This is well, I, I mean, I think that the, like, if you talk about cliches and beaten paths, it all depends on your audience because I think I was saying this last episode that there's a first time for everything or, you know, in a less nice way, there's a sucker born every minute, you know, there, there's somebody, there's somebody out there who hasn't read a vampire novel and is going to be stunned yeah. by your unique, your unique ideas. There's somebody who, you know, has never read a romance and is going to be shocked that the couple gets together in the end. <laughs> but Can you imagine? The, <laughs> I know. And the more the more you read or you know watch movies or whatever, the more you're going to see these patterns. And this is why people have such a a dislike for critics, would be it movie critics or book reviewers or whatever, because they think, what is this person? They're so nose in the air. They're so like picky. But that person has read or watched you know thousands of books or movies, whatever it is. So when they watch something that's been done before, you know, several times, they're, they're tired of it, you know, (laughs) and maybe to you, you've, you've never seen it before. You think this is great, but maybe it becomes time to stop being critic at that point. (laughs) (laughs) This is why I prefer reviewers who seem kind of, there are some reviewers out there who are very experienced, but seem always upbeat and kind of willing to see, the good parts first before discussing yeah. the bad parts. Because yeah, also, it's ev- appreciating. Sorry, Carol. yeah, it's appreciating. It's not again. It's about noticing things, even if it's the same thing you've already noticed before. It can still be nice to revisit it and not be totally jaded about it and go like, well, you know, I've already seen one romance plot, so all the other ones are trash. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a bleak way to look at the world definitely yeah there it can definitely yeah you can take the same same thing and do it in a, a professional uh that's not the word i was looking for a competent way a uh, expert way that's that's yeah better but is that what makes you creative um it is a result of being creative yeah exactly being creative with everything i think we're coming away with it's being creative when you're producing stuff but also being creative about the way you look at the world and appreciate things and that kind of all adds to your bucket that's the base though but wouldn't you agree that writing ultimately is a a lot about execution 
I mean, like, I've, not killing there are people, loads I mean, of people like... whose heads you can chop off if you want, <laughs> but it's not necessary to writing. Oh, God, no. I hate how I hate I hate how you went the predictable. <laughs> I was an expert. Don't be the way. critic, Joe. I even anticipated it. I even said it's not about killing people, and you still went on and said it. That's because <laughs> I I muted you at that point. <laughs> well, you see, see, Joe, to Joe, that was tired and old news. Maybe because he talks to Jamie more than I do, but. For me, I was like, what the heck are you talking no, about? No, it's and because then, I usually... And then two am... ticks later, I got it. <laughs> I'm usually the one making that joke. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Yeah. I have to anticipate it now, so yeah. I know when I pre-empt. need to laugh. Yeah, you need to preempt it. Yeah, just in case. Uh, what was your question? Did you have a question, or did I just ignore yeah, it? Yeah, isn't writing a lot of... <laughs> right, of mostly about execution. <laughs> yes, it is. It's about being... Create like creating something. <laughs> well, I, I, what you're talking about is like the the skill involved, like the the skill of yeah. your prose. Yeah. Where like I think that's which is also creative creativity involved yeah. in that. Yeah, it is about which is definitely something that all of our listeners already know. So I'm not even sure I know. what we're saying. Isn't it just about yeah? Pe- people have written before and they're they're having a fun time. Yeah, but jolly old time. It, yeah, it's the impulse to creativity that I was interested in, which is yeah. I think we've covered it. Have we? Yes. Well, I, I I've talked about things that make me creative, but what about you guys? I didn't say anything about what makes me creative. I just no, let exactly. you guys speak. That's why I you know. need to say it now. What makes me creative? Don't need to, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. What does make you creative, Jeanette? Funny you should ask. I know. I This is the awful thing about topics, right? I put the question up and then I don't consider it myself at yeah. all. I just expect you guys to say intelligent things about it. I think what makes me creative... What, what do you mean? What makes me... <laughs> God. What makes me? <laughs> 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 what do you mean? What kind of impulses <laughs> stimulate your creativity? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just the desire to make other people creative, actually. To make force other people to notice things. When you were saying about how... The minutiae, minutiae, my minute. Minutiae, yeah, whatever. Minute, U-E-A. The minute things, yeah. Minute things, that. Um, That's just an impulse to, like, get you thinking outside of the box, but not really outside of the box, just something different. I just want to push people into thinking something different. And I don't know why, I mean... I th- but I think that's the thing that makes me creative, just noticing things, but then passing it on to other people and forcing people to acknowledge something that they haven't acknowledged or re-acknowledge something that they've already acknowledged. And then the other impulse of just producing something as a result of noticing. It sounds accurate. I already know what Jonas's answer is. What? It's <laughs> coffee shops, rainy days, plaid <laughs> <laughs> oh, shirts, a cat... <laughs> Typewriters, self-rolled cigarettes, uh, patched elbows, 
<laughs> what else have we got? Uh, talking about uh, the meaning of life. Yeah. Ennui. <laughs> Ennui with life. Ennui, yeah. Angst. <laughs> All right. What is even the point of, like, sticking... If, if you feel angst, <laughs> wouldn't you want to get out of it as soon as possible? Yeah. Some people revel in it. Yeah, but why? I, th- well, I, oh I have God, done I in can't... the past, but I just I can't really recall there why was... now. Self-importance. Comment uh, that I, I don't remember where I read it, it uh, or who it was, but talking about being happy and how everyone strives for happiness. I read. I don't know if this was a real comment or what, but it always stuck with me. Somebody uh, commented saying that they always thought um, that happiness was like. Uh, for it was like overdone, like oh it, was, it was, it was, it was, oh it was lame. God. It's lame to be happy. Like, uh, <laughs> like it, he he wanted to be like he, he wanted to be, be unhappy. Cast. <laughs> it, yeah, <laughs> I, like that always, always stuck with me. It's so that's overplayed. Amazing, but that oh that sums God. up. Like, that sums up. I don't know some part of writers. I think so well. Just. Oh my gosh, it does. Self-torture. That's, it's the fear of being cliche. And it's like, I don't want to be on the beaten path at all. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Happiness is cliche. Like, you just Happiness hurled yourself into a patch of poison ivy with like flesh-eating yeah. bacteria in it. I know. Just to avoid the beaten path. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible! But then I, I, love I, that. Know, I think you hit it on the head when you said it's self-importance. It's not the act of being in the flesh-eating bacteria that they're doing it for. It's being being seen being in there it's yeah like, or the pride of it or just the because it can be just self-important like literally them thinking about themselves that they're so cool and it's like i'm doing such an interesting creative thing it's just feeding their own ego it's like i spent my teen years in such angst and i wasn't i was never happy and it just it it's like great. a badge of honor i know it's it was like great <laughs> But that's that's, that's a weird impulse that I think we've probably all felt at some point. It's still very definitely. Scary. I think it's in the end, it's just about the attention that people give you. It's a very basic desire. This is why that disease exists, where people uh, fake Die. diseases to be in the hospital oh. so people will care for them. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Want that attention? Yeah. Oh, gosh, that's crazy. But then I think. But part they're of... so creative with it. <laughs> you mean crafty? I think I thought we established. Oh right, sorry. It's not an art. Yes, it's, it's a, a very craft. functional. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's not exactly an art piece. It's definitely a craft piece. You're right. Yeah. But I, I, I think part of growing up is realizing that actually being happy, even if it's from the outside, appears to be more boring, is probably the best way to go. Definitely. Because then you're also in a position to make other people happy, which for most people will make them happy, even happier. Exactly. As uncool as that may be, you know. Yeah. I think the epitome of this is those clowns that go into hospitals. What, literal clowns? Yeah, you don't have that in the UK? I think people are too scared of clowns for that to happen. Jonas, have you got this in the US? Hospital clowns? (laughs) I, I feel like I, I I I know that's a real thing, but I don't know that it's anymore a real thing. I feel like it's been parodied. It's like been parodied 
out of existence. It says here on Wikipedia that it originated in the U.S. Yeah, I've definitely heard of it. As they're called clinic clowns. clowns. Wow, <laughs> clinic clowns. Wait, wait what were you going to say about a... these clowns? Well, it's the epitome of being happy is uncool because being a clown is way uncool. I think we all agree. Oh. But then they're oh, yeah. making. Clown. Sick children happy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's taking that to the extreme, like going, "Oh, we need to make people happy, and we need to do it in an un- as uncool way as possible." Yeah. Let's be clowns. Because you know they could have been people handing out Lego sets in the hospital. That would have made children happy. They could have be sk- like skateboarding around the hospital. But instead, Definitely they safe. <laughs> instead they went for being clowns. <laughs> Clown is like an insult, but it's like you stop clowning around. Yeah. You're such a, you're such a clown, but it's a funny insult to me because it's like, what are the negative call? What what is the negative quality of a clown? You know, what are they actually <laughs> They're insulting? They're stupid. Like you're you're funny. You make people laugh. You're you know, I guess you you look stupid. Is is what it means? Maybe I think it's because people are afraid of having too much fun. It's like it'll kill you. You, <laughs> you'll end up in hospital well i think originally clown was more of a word you would use for people who are uncultured or like you know rough around the edges but maybe it evolved into being silly yeah. so that's why it's an insult speaking of insults by the way before we go on <laughs> Jeanette, I just googled the word i googled clown etymology yeah, because I had to th- when Jonah said clowning around, I thought of horsing around, and I thought, yeah. like, why are we oh. if xing around? Why is that always mean the same thing? <laughs> Fucking around, around, goofing around. And here it says verb clown, meaning number one, <laughs> behave in a comical or playful way. And then the example says Harvey clowned around pretending to be a dog. <laughs> That's weird. What <laughs> is that? The first thing you think of when you think of clowning around, <laughs> pretending to be yeah. a dog. <laughs> that's that's a typical example of clowning. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I, that's so funny to me. But, I mean, <laughs> oh my god! And it says when they, it says with synonyms, it says engage in hijinks. That, honestly, no. I love that word. Hijinks is a very good word. Yeah. But speaking of hijinks. That's the end of the episode. Yay, we wow, made it. Wow, we made it. Oh, we did, wow. The only problem is I don't have uh, an outro. Okay, no, I do, it's fine. As always, <laughs> huge thanks to our patrons over at patreon.com forward slash lucentdreaming for making this podcast possible. For the rest of our wonderful, amazing, gross, unnamed, what? <laughs> somniloquy <laughs> listeners, join us next month. For another episode of More Sleep Talking with Friends. Bye! Bye bye!